there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, the podcast that looks back at Special Teams' single-season achievements in sports history. We look back at the best of the best, sometimes teams that were so memorable even though they couldn't win it all, sometimes teams that couldn't win a game, and we have a very special two-week theme going on here on the podcast, as since we are in the month of March, this is NCAA Tournament Month, a special Cinderella's podcast, not one, but two, as over the course of this week and next week, we're going to look back at six of the best Cinderella schools in NCAA tournament history, what they were able to accomplish, the big names, the big wins, the big everything, part one, three teams today. I like the way you did that. You set it up and you had me, and then you said schools, and all the prep I did on Tom Kiefer just went out the window. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, here's what you need to know. Long Cold Winter, one of the most underrated hair metal albums of all time. Cinderella probably... Boy, they're on that. They're there. What are they? One of the top seven or eight hair metal bands of the eighties, early nineties. Oh, they had a fantastic run. There's no question about it. I mean, Bad Seamstress Blues coming apart at the seams is one of my favorite songs of all time. Pretty good. Oh yeah. That's a Ooh, little yeah. Deep. Yeah. I mean, you go all the way through. I mean, Tom Kiefer still making the rounds, and just a couple of years ago, I got to see him uh, play a little acoustic light show. But yeah, it's uh, you're talking about millions upon millions of albums. I mean, you go back into the cassettes. I'm sure you still have a few floating around. The singles I have of Cinderella, so many of them. So where it sounds like just like him, where the cat got at your throat. It's really hard to sing like him oh, it hurts in like the car because I get done. I'm like, I can't talk for an hour. No, that, that's Coming it. Coming apart at the seams. So when you listen, <laughs> when you listen to our show on Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, uh, when you hear me talk a lot for, within an hour. Jason did something really bad on the way in. Either he ate something he shouldn't have, so his throat hurts, yeah, or he sang some hair metal. Uh, yeah, mainly that would be if I did the first three songs of Long Cold Winter because that goes into Gypsy Road. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, I would have no voice after that at all. Yeah, no, Not it one. doesn't work out well for you. Uh, but instead, it is Cinderella teams. In the NCAA tournament, teams that were high seeds, not expected to go very far, and ones that grabbed our attention. In tonight's episode, or today's episode rather, or tonight, today, tonight, this afternoon. Whatever you're listening to it. We have a team from the 80s. We got a team from the 90s. I got a team from the aughts. The aughts. Doesn't get any better than that. No, we should start with the 80s because we're talking about Cinderella. Hey, remember the 80s? Hey, it's the 80s, man. (laughs) Wasn't that with Goat Boy? Uh, I I think so. I think yeah. I think I why well, no. I think that was a title of a Harry Potter uh book. Harry Potter and the Goat Boy. That's book eight. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Secret book. The first team up, 1985, 1986, Navy. 
The midshipmen led by none other than the Admiral David Robinson, who had some kind of run all season long for Navy. And look, he went out to be become a Hall of Fame player, championship for the San Antonio Spurs. He could not be stopped in the pros once he got through his naval obligation. But coming into his senior year, he was highly regarded, and he just took over in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is a guy that, believe it or not, at the end of the year, he was only a second-team All-American. I mean, imagine that. David Robinson, one of the most decorated players in NBA history, second-team All-American. That's as good as he could get. I just remember all of the little vignettes, right? The, hey, let's look at the life of David Robinson. Hey, he can't fit here. He can't fit there. And he always looked like a giant compared to the guys he was playing against. Mm -hmm. Like, he was larger than life as a, a college athlete. I remember the when he, the rookie cards came out, one of him holding the jersey, right? They didn't have the inaction shot because all you had was draft night and everything. Uh, how sought after all that was. But... I just remember those CBS telecasts and there he is, you know, always with a, a quick nod to the service to be done and always in his Navy blues. And then you get back on the court and just watch him dominate from pillar to post. I mean, just ridiculous athleticism that you knew was going to make him a star on Navy's coached by Paul Evans. They play in the CAA and they come out of the, year with a 30 and five record all right so not bad 30 and five but it's navy how good really are they they have one good player how far can they really go in the ncaa tournament first round they beat tulsa okay not a big deal david robinson goes for 30 and 12 and hey that's a nice story here's the ad before he's really the admiral here he is with a big game but now let's see what he can do because then you have syracuse coming up next your syracuse you have ninth orange ranked syracuse orange Back then, the Orange Men, yes. and before I went there. So this is when you know I, I was a St. John's fan. So it's not like I was watching this game rooting for Syracuse because I was a St. John's fan, and St. John's was a rival of Syracuse. If anything, I was rooting for David Robinson to have a big game. How about that? See how life has changed. Big game he did. They beat Syracuse 97-85. David Robinson, 35 points, 11 rebounds, 7 blocks. After the game, he actually said, I actually felt slow on offense tonight. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had my best game going. Uh, Vernon Butler, very underrated, who was Navy's second best player. He had a bunch of big games over the course of the season. He had 23 points. It was the last game at Syracuse for Pearl Washington. He would go to the NBA after drafted by the Nets. The next year, Syracuse would go to the national championship game. But now beating Syracuse because in the 80s was really when the birth of Syracuse happened. Like different schools hit it big at different times, but the magic of television, Syracuse was always on TV. People would see it, would see the Carrier Dome, 33,000, 35,000 people at all the games. I want to go to Syracuse. They churned out NBA prospects. Beating Syracuse really put Navy and David Robinson on the map as well. This is not just a really great player who's, you know, doing well against the CAA, this is a guy that just really put it on Syracuse. Right. Goes and this decided step up in class. I mean, you go through their schedule. This was their 15th win in a row that had an earlier winning streak of seven uh, that, that had gotten snapped uh, by the Richmond Spiders. How about that for the randomness in the... Don't bring up Richmond. Fortune. Why bring up Richmond? Because that reminds me of 92 when we went out to Richmond in the first bleeping round. No, that's what you're... No, that's the special teams podcast that's, of Syracuse failures. Okay, that's another special one. That would be a long... We don't have enough time for that podcast. That's four we, parts. We don't have enough... Four parts, people would say, you need like seven more. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. We, could, we could... No, actually, those are hour-long therapy yeah, sessions more than, for more each than of that. those. And then in 94, Lawrence Moten calls timeout. Wow. And we lose to Arkansas. It was just like Chris Weber, but nobody paid attention to it. <laughs> you got a Lawrence Moten reference. Well, we're actually, like we're actually Facebook friends, Lawrence Moten and I. Is that right? right? Yeah, yeah, Facebook friends. That's pretty friends. good. He used to come into bars in Syracuse wearing a Syracuse hat that had rhinestones on it. Oh, I like that. I mean, it was, I mean, that, I said, I him. want that hat. It would sparkle. It was glittery diamonds. It was lovely and gorgeous. No, that's great. I mean, they, they put up 97 in the game against Syracuse. I mean, this is a young, young Ronnie Cycli too, mm -hmm. who still looked 35, but he was well, Ronnie yeah. Cycli. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, look, yeah, this is a good team. Look, they had good players. Points, 27 minutes played. Washington and Alexis with your leaders, Monroe, with 15 off the bench, but still a 12-point loss, just dominated uh, by Robinson. 
So then they go to the Sweet 16, and this game was a very famous game in NCAA history because I remember this is one of the first NCAA tournaments that I really paid attention to the whole thing, and I'm saying to myself, Navy's going to play Cleveland State, who was the other Cinderella that right. year. Ken Mouse McFadden, you know, this is a team that surprised, you know, won a couple of games. It's like, whoa, look at my goodness, Cleveland State is winning this. They upset Indiana in the first round, and... Navy or Cleveland State was going to the Elite Eight. And that back then I was young enough to go, that blows my mind. One of these teams is going to be, it shouldn't be one of these teams in the Elite Eight. Now you see stuff like this all the time. But when I was like, you know, 14, I'm like, this shouldn't happen. These teams don't deserve to be well, in the Elite Eight. you just always thought it was such a separation. Yeah. Or at least that's how it was portrayed. I mean, now you have so many breakdowns, so many networks, so many different ways to get and parse out information, advanced analytics and stats that... You you understand how this could happen, mm -hmm. but at the time, you know you still had David and Goliath, I guess. Oh, uh, or that, David that's like, became that's like, Goliath. That's like a Berman. Can line. you do it? Yeah, TJ David becomes Goliath. There you have it against Cleveland State. TJ, I, I kind of fumbled back into that one because I knew <laughs> you would be ready with the Berman pickup. Uh, so they play Cleveland State, and Cleveland State's very physical in this game. Paul Evans actually. Uh, challenged David Robinson and had not to a fight. He would have lost because uh, David Rob. But if I could have any body in sports history, I'd want David Robinson's body. He was that tall. He like, was like a Greek oh, god, was, man. Yeah, no, that was that was statuesque. I'd walk in a around good going, way. "Hey, ladies, I'm David Robinson." Except I'm Jason Smith with David Robinson's body. Um, he challenged That's Robinson at halftime because he wasn't playing well. Probably the physical play. Robinson had a huge second half. He finished with 22 and 14, nine blocks. He is one block shy of a triple-double with blocks. Blocks, when you see something get beyond two or three in a game, mm -hmm. you really want to go back and watch that again. Yeah. Right? And you get to nine. Again, talking about dominance and how active he was because he could close out, right, that length where it didn't look like he was in a play, and all of a sudden he'd just come back in, get a fingertip in. And he was good about keeping the ball in bounds. Right? It's one of those things. I always celebrated the play of A.C. Earl of Iowa, who was the, the Big Ten shot blocker, because he would keep it in play. It was always a tap it to a teammate instead of the, hey, let's throw it into the fifth <laughs> row. And go, ah! David Robinson was doing the same thing. Uh, Robinson wins the game for Navy with a tip-in on a lob pass with five seconds left. They win it 71-70, and here goes Navy into the Elite Eight, where it's Duke, and suddenly it's... The Admiral and Duke and who do you root for? Because this at, at this point everybody still loved Duke. I mean, this is the oh early no, they've not been this demonized. Is, boy, Duke and Mike Shashevsky, what a great program they have! It's all about respect. We love Duke. Yeah, but no, now Mike, about five or six more years to not like Duke. No, and then they became the team that was always there at the end, and you cheered against. And then you got into bracketology of is this one of those years where they're going to make a big run, or are they bouncing out early? Mm -hmm. Now he's yelling at his own fans. Yeah, so you don't know what to expect <laughs> anymore. Uh, Navy comes back to earth in this game. They lose. 70 to 51. And the, I remember the pageantry surrounding Navy because whenever any of the service schools, the service academies, Navy, Army, Air Force do well, it just evokes this image of an early America of the, you know, the 1940s in college football when it was Army, Navy, and Cornell, I think, were the only three teams. And it, it just get when the service academies do well, it's it's it like it makes everybody feel good. And David Robinson was that feel good story, even though they lost. Boy, he brought them all the way to the elite eight. This guy's going to be a super duper star. Like, like I said before, with the the vignettes you'd always have as they were getting ready, because he was going to be the number one pick. I mean, that mm -hmm. was decided. There was no question about that. So let's get to know him. And it was a chance without being a commercial. It became a yeah. commercial. For the Navy and, and what you could do, and we certainly see it in college football a bunch, hasn't had the same opportunity in the years since David Robinson to do that on a basketball stage, but it was, look, look at the athlete, look at the well-rounded guy, because they would always go into the academics, right? Here's what his schedule looks like, and here's how you prepare and, and all the rigors of it, just to really elevate who he was. He has to come back for his senior year because it's Navy. And, you know, this is a story that you look, many people who are our age remember it, but this was a huge controversy. If this happened now, this would be an everyday story for a year because in the Navy, you have to fulfill your naval requirements mm -hmm. following graduation. Now, not many players 
were talented enough to go from Navy, Army to the NFL or the NBA because you don't go there if you're that good. You're going to different schools. But David Robinson was different. He wanted to go to Navy. He wanted to go to the Naval Academy. He's got to come back for his senior year. You can't go pro because you got to go to the Navy first. They have another good season, but they lose the first round of the NCAA tournament the following year to Michigan. He scores 50 points in that game, his final collegiate game. Spurs making the number one pick, but he's got to sit out. There was so much pressure to allow him to play because it was a good story for the Navy. And the Navy knew, okay, we're not going to have any good publicity if we just keep him from playing. So they cut short his commitment by two years and the Spurs waited for him. He said, I'm going to honor the Spurs made me the number one pick knowing they weren't going to have me. He stayed and look what he did with San Antonio, his entire Hall of Fame career. An amazing run, right? And then you seeds way to Tim Duncan and they carry that on for so many years. Again, this story, if it happened now, it would go on for your let David Robinson go. Let him go play interviews with rear admirals, vice admirals, front admirals, side admirals, all kinds of admirals we'd be talking to, lieutenants. But this put Navy basketball on the map, Navy sports on the map. It wasn't just, hey, Army, Navy at the end of every year, the one game you watched. Uh, how about some where are they now? Oh, for, yeah. Uh, the Navy midshipmen of 1985-1986 and no fair saying names and just saying they're in the Navy. No fair saying that. No, can't, I found a couple that, that are outside. Okay. Uh, first, for Navy as a whole, this was their last NCAA appearance in the tournament. Uh, they've had five net win, five seasons with at least 19 wins, but have mm-hmm. never gotten to the dance again. All right, here we go. We got Carl Liebert in the Navy. CEO and president of at, the Navy. At Auto Nation. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. All, All right. right. Kyler Whitaker. Navy. No, Senior Managing Director of Corporate Sales for Medtronic Cardiac and Vascular Group. That's the real name they picked out for that? Yeah. You got to have a better, you got to have a snazzier name that's, than that's that. That's a long title. Uh, How about, a, I, a, pl- I played with David Robinson. That he, should be the title. It's, it's a big deal that he keeps people's hearts going. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I keep hearts going. All right, great. Instead dot of com. that long title. I dot keep org. hearts going. Dot net. <laughs> for the Navy. And then you've got uh, Douglas Wojcik. Right? Frederick Douglas Wojcik. Whoa. Navy. Army. He is uh, an assistant coach director of recruiting for Tom Izzo. Oh, all right. Michigan State. All right. Well, oh, he's got a chance to go to more NCAA tournaments. Pretty, then, so pretty good run. Good. Yeah, he's got a lot of appearances along the way. So that's the 1985-1986 Navy midshipmen and their incredible run behind the Admiral David Robinson. Coming up next, we head to the 90s, where a team that's a true Cinderella before becoming an NCAA power years later. That's coming up next. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, Special Teams Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Continuing on special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our podcast, a special Cinderella event slash podcast. As I got we, my shoes on, my glass slippers. Let's it. go. No place like home. No place like home. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. So from 1980s, we go to the 1990s and the first true Cinderella of the 90s that turned into a latter day NCAA power, the 1998-1999 Gonzaga Bulldogs. This was their Cinderella debut. Now they're a power, but back then it was, boy, Gonzaga out of the WCC. Are they really any good? Dan Monson is the head coach. Their star players are Matt Santangelo and Casey Calvary. They dominate WCC during the season. They go 12-2, and 28-7, but really they were off the radar because mid-major darlings weren't really a thing back then. You know, these are teams where your Cinderella still kind of needed to be teams that stood out or lower teams from the the Power Five conferences way back then when there were less conferences because the mid-majors really didn't become a thing for a few more years. Well, but they also started slowly. They were four and three out of the gate. Losses, okay, to number eight Kansas, number 15 Purdue. But you beat Memphis, you beat Washington State. Okay, never never a powerhouse at Eastern Washington with a big win and and then a loss to Detroit Mercy. So I was like, what is this team as you get rolling into the season? And TJ, no mercy for the Bulldogs at Detroit. That, that was great. Well done. Well done. I bet you actually said that on the air. Oh, you could. I bet your Berman said that. I think we could probably go back and check the videotape or we could just use your reenactment. <laughs> So they win the West Coast Conference. They go to the NCAA tournament. And this is really interesting. Their first game is against Minnesota, right? Now, why is this such a big deal? Row the boat. The day, well, no, it wasn't row the boat, Minnesota. This wasn't, no, 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 no. This, this wasn't row the boat, Minnesota. Oh, my God. Minnesota's got a good football team. The day before the NCAA tournament, it was revealed their academic counselor, Jan Gangelhoff, did coursework for as many as 20 players dating back to 1993 coursework for the players. So the day before four players immediately are suspended for this game. So the day before the NCAA, which usually only happens to Syracuse because it's happened a couple of times right before the tournament, <laughs> they've lost a guy um, and they beat Minnesota in the first round and they win. And really when the day before you lose four players and are suddenly embroiled in a huge scandal, because it's not just you're losing these four players. This is you're losing four players. And now we're going to come to town on you and they lose and Gonzaga wins. But at the time, I remember it being, uh, well, what can you expect from Minnesota? How do you expect them to win that game? Yeah, no, it cer- certainly casts a, a big shadow over that game as you went in. And Minnesota was also a team that scraped in, right? They weren't exactly mm-hmm. a powerhouse. Kind of, what, finished 17 and 11. So it's not a, a juggernaut of any way. Right, they were a 7 seed. It was a 7-10 game, and Gonzaga's a 10 seed. And one of those, when you look at those records now, I mean, we, we mentioned a little earlier in the podcast, hey, you got Navy winning 19 a game. They're not sniffing <laughs> the NCAAs. Here you got a 17-win team that finds its way in. Now, remember Minnesota for later on. We talk about Gonzaga. Just remember Minnesota scandal lost players. But I want to talk about Joe, Joel Prisbilla a little more. We will get to Joel Prisbilla. The Prisbilla. The Prisbilla. Billa, the Billa. Prisbilla. Uh, second game of the tournament, they beat Stanford. Now, Stanford this was a very big win. 82-74 was the final. Matt Santangelo had 22 points to lead the way for Gonzaga. He was heavily recruited by Stanford, decided to go to Gonzaga. They had tons of threes in this game. And this is when, this is around the time in the NCAAs when, look, the three-pointer was always a weapon, but this is around the time when teams realized, like the mid-major teams, that if we can hit threes, 
we can stay with bigger and better teams. Kind of like when lesser teams in college football would go to a spread offense, like, like, like teams that can't compete athlete wise with some of the top teams in, in the ACC or the SEC. Hey, you know, what? we're going to go to a spread oh, offense. Scheme. And yeah. now that's going the option. To, we can the, do this. Yeah. yeah and, and teams make it tougher for to prepare for us. And this is where teams realize, wait, if we're good at hitting three balls and we get it from far out, wait, we can really even the playing field against teams that are bigger, more physical, more seasoned than us. And this was one of those games with those examples on it. Shot twice as many three pointers as Stanford did. I love that team though. Uh, Looking at Madsen, who didn't love Mark Madsen, uh, Chris Weems, Arthur Lee. Remember watching them quite a bit uh, as the season wore on. But as you say, you get to the three pointer, uh, hit eleven of twenty, so the shots are falling, and you're able to take down what had become a strong perennial powerhouse mm-hmm. in Stanford. So they move on now to the Elite Eight, and suddenly it's uh, who is or who to the Sweet Sixteen? Who is Gonzaga? Right, they get out of the first round. Gonzaga, this school. Wait a minute, John Stockton went there. Let's get John Stockton on the air for interviews. He's the only. He's the only thing people know about Gonzaga. That's where John Stockton went. See, I was always convinced he wasn't actually at. He went to one game, and it was stock footage. <laughs> hey, so, and there's DJ, John Stockton. Stock footage of John Stockton at a Gonzaga game. Yeah, he's he's not really there, <laughs> but. You had to pick an alum, so hey. Uh, listen, we learned how to do Photoshop way back in 1999, so uh, that's what happened. So now they go on to the Sweet 16, and they play Florida, and they win 73-72. Casey Calvary with a tip-in with four seconds left to put him into the Elite Eight. I remember this. You'll see this video on YouTube. He leaped up above everybody going in just for the tip-in, and suddenly Gonzaga is now, wait a minute, Cinderella, the slipper fits. They go into the Elite Eight. This is where their ride comes to an end. They lose a tough one to UConn, 67-62, and the ride ends for Gonzaga, but this really was the springboard to success for them because after the season's over, look, Dan Monson, you figure, okay, this guy can go wherever he wants to. He gets the head coaching job offer from, what did I tell you remember from a few minutes ago? What school? Batman. Minnesota. Minnesota, who needs to clean up their entire program. Hey, let's get the guy that beat us in the first round of the tournament. Let's go get Dan Monson. So Dan Monson goes to Minnesota, and he does well for a little while. And then they decide, well, let's give the job to Mark Few. Mark Few, who then goes and takes what Dan Monson started and turns Gonzaga into a yearly power in college basketball to the point where a few years later it was not only is Gonzaga in the tournament every year, but they're a three or a four seed at worst. You know, they made it to final fours now. It's Gonzaga. You think Gonzaga is one of those powers in the West, almost like how we looked at UNLV in the late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. under Jerry Tarkanian. It was, well, they don't play in a great conference, but they get to the tournament, they win games. The old, you can only beat who's on the schedule and you'll have some of those preseason tournaments and things of that nature, but you're looking every year at a 28 to 30 win team. I mean, mm-hmm. 21 straight years. I'm already counting ahead. That's okay. You, you, count, know, you do, you do 20, the math on the show. 22 uh, <laughs> when they get there uh, in later in 2020. Uh, as we're, we're looking at this squad, right? You know, and that UConn team that they fell to was also just a juggernaut, right? Richard Hamilton, Jake Voskel. Wasn't it fun watching? Oh, yeah, Jake Voskel. Oh, and Khalid yeah. El-Amin, who was everybody's hero because his body type, he was a fire plug mm-hmm. running point. So it was fun. But for Gonzaga, yes, it was the beginning of a whole new era of basketball. And then it became, how do you how do you find that formula? We talk about it all the time. Of you know, we, we do it with the NFL of, all right, here's a team that leads the way. And for Gonzaga, they became the blueprint mm-hmm. of at least trying to figure out, can we recruit enough guys? that can shoot. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. the game started to change and we'll get to another guy who helped change the game in a whole other way in a minute. But when we, we look at Gonzaga, you know, they became the standard and still are to this day. So that launched things for the Gonzaga program. How about a little, where are they now? All right. And don't tell me stock footage of Gonzaga games. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> uh, how about Matt Santangelo? Oh, Matt Santangelo. Where is he? The executive director of the Spokane hoop fest association. Isn't that like a summer tournament that happens on a weekend? Yeah, it's a full-time job? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. That's, that's what Fine it lists okay. them as. I mean, as I ferreted out the information. It sounds like something I could just do for a weekend in July. No, hey, it's but a big right. deal. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a hoop fest association. It's not just. You said hoop fest. Hoop fest. It's a hoop fest. Hoop, hoop fest. You got to celebrate the pageantry it's a of it. Hoop fest. Exactly. How about Casey Cavalry? You oh, brought him up before. DJ, here comes the cavalry. Played DJ. six years overseas. Mm-hmm. And now he is. Uh, a salesman of medical devices for kinetic orthopedics. Oh, right, well, that's good. He's, so he's going to be a guy who eventually invents some kind of robotic foot like Terminator. Could be. All right. I like that. Hey, contributing to society. And he's got a good surname that would be good for the company that he later found. True. And, and the thing is, I remember in that tournament how many lines, I, I don't know if it was Jim Nance, but I just remember, and the cavalry is here for oh, Gonzaga. No, it, they it, lead by four. Time out. We'll be back. No, it writes itself. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, that's one you don't even have to put any time into. Yeah, you, know, you just take the surname and go. Finally, Axel Dench. Oh, he's the lead singer of Guns N' Roses. That's his real name. <laughs> no, that would be Bill Bailey. But uh, won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come how home? How did I know you're going to do that? He Wait, is, his name is Bill Haley. Bailey. Oh, I thought you said Bill Haley. No, we're going to rock around <laughs> the clock tonight. Yes, right. the clock strikes one. Okay, are we so the comets on. now? What so are we doing? Here? Axel Foley is where? <laughs> <laughs> Axel Foley is the strategy director at Ten Feet Tall, an ad agency in Australia. You know when he walks in, they play. So there it is, well the done. Gonzaga Bulldogs becoming. A Cinderella and then becoming a power. Coming up next, a Cinderella team from the aughts where the player who left went to the NBA and became an absolute global superstar. This is Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. From David Robinson in the 80s, Gonzaga in the 90s, we head to the aughts for the final Cinderella of this podcast and no better way to end it. Remember, we're going to have Cinderella Part 2 next week with three more teams, but no better way to end this one than with the 2007-2008 Davidson Wildcats led by none other than Steph Curry, who, if you remember, was Stephen Curry. Wasn't, Wasn't Steph Curry yet. He was always Stephen Curry. And, and everybody would call now. him Stephen. Right. And anybody, I feel we all like anybody that says Stephen Curry, 
I, I feel like, do you really know who you're talking about? But that was, it was Stephen Curry. Someone Stephen who got the, the copy, they printed out a Wikipedia page on him, and it still has his <laughs> birth name on it instead of the shortening that we've done. Uh, Bob McKillop is the head coach. He was in his 19th season then. And the thing is, Curry put up video game numbers during the regular season. And so it's not like he came into the tournament as an unknown, but still, you know, playing in Southern Conference, how good is he really? Believe it or not, at the end of the year, he also wound up, like David Robinson, a second-team All-American. I mean, now I think you want to go back and re-vote and go, uh, make him the player of the year and uh, first-team All-American. No, it's a better story if he's not, right? Because he was slight. I mean, not that he ever really bulked up, but at that point, you look at some of those, he looked like he was 12. That's true. Yes, he looks like the he's 12 baby now. Fa- he was really the baby 12. baby-faced assassin. Now he at least gets a little bit of a peach fuzz going. Hey, whose little brother are you? Are you? Oh, oh no, you're, oh, you're Steph Curry. Why okay. are you shooting from 47 feet out? <laughs> hey, look, if you go back and watch some of the video, it's very similar to some of the shots he takes now, yeah. the way he could slide away from players and get a shot from anywhere on the floor. And that year... The best thing that Davidson did was they played a lot of big time programs to get themselves ready for the NCAA tournament. Look, their first game or second game of the season was against number one, North Carolina. They lost by four. They played Duke and they lost by six. They were ranked seventh. UCLA was ranked seventh. They lost to them. They played North Carolina State. So they loaded up their early season schedule by playing a lot of top 25 teams and the players all said that helped us get ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, running that rigorous schedule as you you look through Duke, UCLA, North Carolina, uh, off the jump. I mean, and and again, you look at taking that beating early. A lot of teams quit. I mean, that's it. You, not that you weren't in a step up in class, but you start the season and you're what four and six in your first ten. That usually is the death knell. Mm-hmm. But they were just coming together. They go on a tremendous streak. I mean, uh, through their conference tournament, 22 straight coming into the NCAA tournament. So they enter into the NCAA tournament as the 10th seed in the Midwest. They get 24th ranked Gonzaga, who comes in as a 7th seed. So, okay, Gonzaga, Steph Curry, here's a couple of Cinderella's. Uh, first round, 82 76 is the final. Davidson wins. Steph Curry goes for 40. This is not that long ago in college basketball, right? This is 2008. How many guys do you see in in a game in a season going for 40? None. Maybe once a year you get a guy, wow, this guy had a great game. He went for 40 points. But Steph goes for 40 in the first game of the NCAA tournament, and they knock out Gonzaga. And this was where his personality and his stardom just took over the term. There was no, hey, here's a Cinderella. No, this was, wow, Steph Curry during the regular season. And he had big games. He had 30 a couple of times. Well, he averaged 26 for the yeah. year. He had a 41-point yeah. game against North Carolina Greensboro. He had some 34, 36, 37-point games. But you drop 40 the first day of the NCAA tournament. You knock out a top 25 team, and suddenly it was Stephen Curry, because you got to go by what he was. Stephen Curry, everybody wanted to see him at this point. Well, it became a full minute of highlights because it was 8 of 10 from three-point range, and it was Curry again and again and again. I mean, you cut up highlights at ESPN. How easy was your job there? You stayed on that game. It's like, we're just going to give him a minute of Steph Curry because this is all that matters. Five steals on the game, just absolutely dominant. Uh, On the other side for Gonzaga, just got to make a note, uh, Robert Sacre was Ah. And TJ Gonzaga calling Sacre Blue after losing to Davidson. Well now, done. If you want to see a, a typical Steph Curry highlight that we saw so many times, he hits a three with about a minute to go off a rebound where he was coming back down court because they missed the shot, but they get the rebound. He jets back into the picture, gets it right away, and just immediately puts up a three. That quick release, it goes, splash, they go up three, and they wind up winning by five. And there is your first signature Steph Curry play of the tournament. With Steph Curry, all those times that we, we've seen that, right, that is just a trademark move of his, but it's, I want to see the origin story. Right? We talk about guys in, in their growth and development and for Steph Curry. Like, what was the drill that got you, that catch and release? Because you don't see that. Right? You, got, you got guys that are great shooters, but it's normally not that quick a release. It's normally not, a, not, not even a full catch 
almost like a putback mm-hmm. from three-point range. That's how fast his hands were. So waiting for Davidson was the number two seed in the Midwest, Georgetown, who were ranked eighth overall. This was Georgetown, Roy Hibbert, Georgetown. This yeah. was this was Georgetown in the middle of a run where they would be a top 10 team every year and they would lose in the first or second round of the tournament every year. Like that was Georgetown for most of the aughts and into the early teens. But that's just it. Even, you know, having this level of seeding as you're doing the research and going back and you're trying to jog your memory. It's like, all right, what brought him? Because Hibbert was, was growing. I mean, he played 16 minutes in the game, six points. But it, it was just the... They were that that good? Who do they play? What did they do? What Georgia, did your Syracuse like, do? Their regular <laughs> season was always good. John Thompson the third, the teams he coached there, and then they wound up just throwing up on themselves in the tournament. Yeah, and certainly here's another another case, 28 and 5 entering the tournament. They had a 17-point lead in this game. And in fact, it got to such a bad point where at halftime they had to talk about just going out there and having fun. That was the big topic of conversation in the locker room. Hey, we having fun. Let's go out there and have fun. And they go out, and Curry gets a four-point play. He hits a couple of threes in a row. Suddenly, their lead disappears, and they pull past Georgetown to win 74-70. Steph Curry, Stephen Curry, finishes with 30 (laughs) points. The legend of Curry grows, and now you have a whole week to talk about him as they get set for the next game in the Sweet 16. Yeah, a terrible shooting night overall, right? Eight of 21. Yeah. Kind of thing in college basketball when you're a star and and the guy with the, with the spotlight or in the NBA, you know the the results. I mean, because we do it all the time. Westbrook, Harden, pick your guy. No matter what that final box score reads, you know we'd go a little deeper in the analytics. Here's Steph Curry. Stephen Curry would not have gotten the the free pass. Like, oh, great second half and rallied. But can you survive that? Only five of fifteen from three point range, but succeed and proceed as it were. They go on to face the number three seed in the Midwest, Wisconsin. And Michael Flowers was the best defensive player in Wisconsin. He was not really the self-anointed, but he was the Curry stopper. He was the guy, I'm going to stop Steph Curry. And he stopped him. He stopped him from scoring 34 points because Curry went for 33. He had 22 points in the second half. Wisconsin had 20. He outscored the Badgers by himself in the second half. They win 73-56. It's not close. And suddenly, now here's Stephen Curry and Davidson, who have been the or now the only story of the NCAA tournament. One win away from the Final Four. The only team in their way, number four, Kansas. Just remember those Badger teams. They'd just grind you down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't score. They would win like 45-40 was a blowout. Right. Those were those Bo Ryan teams, and it was watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. So as soon as Curry heats up, that's it. I mean, they're, they're not scoring. I mean, they were like 220th or something in the nation in scoring per game, being the Big Ten guy. But was, you'd always cheer and go, oh, they're not going to win. <laughs> Anybody gets hot at all in, in the tournament, they're yeah. in trouble. And that's exactly what happened here. They run into uh, some hot shooting that that takes it over the top. Curry goes 6 of 11 from three-point range, the 33, as you said, and just no chance. So they go and play Kansas, and this is where the season ends in shocking fashion for Davidson. This is a Jayhawks team that's loaded with talent, right? This is Mario Chalmers, Brandon Rush, Daryl Arthur, but it's a close game all the way through. Curry finishes with 25 points. So every game of the NCAA tournament, he finishes with at least 25. They have a chance with the ball down 59-57 with 15 seconds left. All right, so they got the ball. There's 15 seconds left, and they're down by two. Curry did not have a great game shooting the ball, but it's Curry. You know he's going to get the ball. This is where things really broke down, and it it was bad strategy by Davidson and bad luck for them. Curry brings the ball up with 15 seconds left, and he brings it up so slow. You're down two, not three, right? You're playing while you're hanging with them. You could have gone to the hoop, gotten a basket to tie the game, but instead, because Curry brings the ball up walking past half court, they're almost locked into it's going to be a three or nothing, and Kansas, of course, comes out on the perimeter because they're going to stop that. And it it doesn't look like great strategy because they were ready for it. And why would you not want to make sure you give yourself enough time for whatever kind of shot you want? So he brings it up slow. They run a pick and roll and Brandon Rush trips. Curry's got a wide open teammate. 
wide open. He's got a lane for a tying hoop, but instead Chalmers gets out on D really fast to stop Curry from doing anything. And Mario Chalmers does a phenomenal job staying on him. If Curry had seen the fall of Rush, he gets it to a team. He goes in for a layup and it's a tie game and who knows what happens coming back down court. But Curry holds onto the ball. He dribbles to the side and he can't get a shot off. And now the clock is ticking down and he passes to Jason Richards, who was the starting point guard, had had a really good season. You know, there was, you know, looking back, he was one of the top two or three players on the team. Mm -hmm. So the final shot of the game goes to Richards for a really far off three. It doesn't go. Kansas wins. Davidson goes home and everybody watching the game goes, what the hell was that? I mean, they bring it up slow. You don't see the pick and roll play. And then you hold on. And he doesn't even get the final shot. He passes to a teammate. And that's how the best NCAA tournament run ends for Curry. Well, and that's the the thing that's so frustrating about it is you hung with this, this team, even though you didn't shoot well at all. Right. Curry, another nine for 25 night. So his shots off yet. You're, you're a two point loss. Mm hmm against a, a juggernaut <laughs> a team that just ran roughshod and scored major points on teams all year long. I mean, 35-3 and three was the final record for Kansas that year, and you played them to a mistake. Right, and they went on to win the tournament. Right. You know, they went on to beat Memphis and win the tournament that year. So it ends for Davidson, but Steph Curry becomes the biggest household name in the world, and you would think, okay, he's going pro after this. But instead, because he was told by too many people, NBA analysts and evaluators, you might be too small and fragile. We want to see you be able to play point guard. Because the knock on Curry was, I don't know that he could get his own shot in the NBA. Sure. Right? I don't know that he get his own shot. And I'm like, what are you watching? Really? I mean, you knew he was going to be good. So he comes back for his senior year to develop as a point guard, even after this tournament where he became a superstar. Who after this would say, yes, I'm going back to school for one year? Oh, that's what the NCAA, that's what the... Talent evaluators say, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to school for my senior year. Who does that? Nobody anymore. Money's on the table. Go get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for Steph Curry, uh, Stephen Curry still, like, we hadn't adjusted, right? It's Act two had not begun yet, but just an um, amazing run and still doesn't look like he's aged much at all. No, he's the same. They go, where's this video? I don't understand. Okay, where's this video? Okay. So Curry comes back for his senior year. And he has a great year. Averages 28 points per game, five and a half assists. You'd think he would have done everything possible to be one of the top two or three picks in the NBA draft. You were expecting another big year from the tournament, but they lose to the College of Charleston in their tournament semifinals. And look, College of Charleston, they were okay, but... Davidson still should have won this. They were 18 and two in conference. So Steph Curry finishes his NCAA career in the NIT and he falls all the way to seventh overall because teams still didn't know, was he going to be too frail? Could he not play the position and look at what he's done? He's become one of the top <laughs> players in the NBA, NBA champion, one of the big superstars, the guy's an icon and he went seventh in the draft. Nah, on so many levels. He also uh, said early in 2020, uh, I really thought I was going to be a Nick. I wanted to go to New York. Don't tell me that. Don't, you know, no, I, th I thought I just wanted to that. fill in for the nice people. But, but I mean, and he was also the third point guard selected for the behind nice people. Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Uh, Rubio's had an okay career. So, Johnny okay. Flynn is not. Right, exactly. I forget where Johnny Flynn went to school. Where did he, Oh, right, right. Well, right, you I know. About that. So, yeah, he went sixth yeah. overall. So you got to cheer that when yeah. he got drafted by the T-Wolves. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Curry goes seventh. And the, the rest is history. Uh, if you ever do get a chance, though, College of Charleston, at one point in a former life when I was working in the financial aid world for uh, my alma mater, Northwestern, the, um, I went to a conference down there. Okay. And, I got, and I got a chance to go watch a College of Charleston game. You can get to a game. It's like a high school gym. All rattling, right. the excitement, the enthusiasm. Like, that was, that was like Friday Night Lights, man. That oh, was wow. cool. Okay. The town's kind of shut down. Yeah. And then after the game, all the bars and restaurants reopened. Like it was. Oh, cool. nice. At least, you know, that's the way it was when I got to go. I, I'd love to go back, but everybody's so nice and welcoming and worth it, worth a look see. I've been to a lot of places where the best thing about it is a bar. And I have a great memory of that just because of that. Well, as long as you actually remember the bar. <laughs> is the bar still open? No, that closed 20 years ago. Oh, but that was a great bar, man. I had a great night there because they had beer, you know, like. 
Well, but the point was you remembered the bar. Normally, if it's a really great night, yeah. you That's might true. not. All right, so let's play a little Where Are They Now? Steph Curry. I know where he is. I think I heard of that guy. But, you know, the head coach, Bob McKillop, well, one of his players was his son. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Brendan, who's gone on to some great things, director, international basketball operations. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's had a busy couple of years okay. there for yeah. the National Basketball Association. Wow. I did not, so I did not know that. Deal. Okay. And does he, on his business card, I played with Steph. That's the hands out of everybody. Here you go. I played with Steph. Well, I mean, I that is a pretty decent calling card. Oh, sure. Here's a picture of us. Uh-huh. Like, right? Bob Costas carries his mantle. Uh-huh. Overman's got his <laughs> wagger. He's got a picture of him and Steph. Um, Mike Schmidt, not the third baseman of the fans. Oh, he had a lot of home runs. <laughs> no, he had a good run. Uh, Amika Insurance. You've got Thomas Sand. Really not the same guy. Not, no. not the Okay. No, no D. Double right. D. Double, Double T. T. Okay. No D. All right. Uh, I don't know how much D he played. I had to go back and watch the tape. Because that's the knockout. Oh, Steph, Mike Schmidt right? was a pretty good defensive third man. He, in fact, he retired. I remember because he had a Mike Schmidt had a weekend where he had a like he made like three errors. Oh no, and he walked off and he said, "I'm done." That's it. What do you mean you're done? You made three errors. No, okay. I, I remember that. <laughs> I was okay because it made the Mets easier. You know, the Phillies stunk more, but I, I'm like, wow, he said a bad weekend and he retired. Him and Yaz and he those said, guys it. walking away in '83. I'm done. I'm out. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, you've got uh, Thomas Sander, a VP of commercial real estate at Wells Fargo. And then you got Ben Allison. I like this. He is the creative executive at Benco. Like that? Okay. <laughs> ben Allison. Uh, is video, that his own company? Yeah. Uh, video production in North Carolina. So they do corporate videos and little films, TV commercials, etc. My name's Ben. What's your company's name? Benco. <laughs> Well, it's like Kramer. That's a good opener. Yeah, that's yeah. a good opening line. Hey, ladies, my name's Ben. Who do you work for? Benco. I'm my, own, I'm my own enterprise. That's not a bad way to go. Bet on yourself. Isn't that what we try to preach every night sure. on our show? Sure. Uh, so there it is. A look back at three of the best Cinderella's of all time in the NCAA tournament. Coming up next week, we'll look at three more all-time great Cinderella teams. You have some suggestions for teams you'd like to see us feature on the podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, and maybe one of your suggestions will make it onto a future show. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.